I, I grabbed a bunch from the other channel. Hello and welcome to today's um, Gracia Family Summit. Today is uh, March, well this is the issue for March 2014. Um, I'm your host, Benjamin Foley, or Faglada, as many of you know me. Um, thank you for joining me today. We have a lot to cover, a lot of exciting things going on. For those of you joining us for Elder Scrolls, we're a little bit under a month away. So uh, I know a lot of you guys have been participating in the beta this weekend and having a great old time. Um, it's set to be one of our biggest launches yet, so uh, I really think that it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, for those that are staying with us in Guild Wars 2, we have a lot of events planned, a lot of good things happening. Um, we have a new unified server. Um, I don't know if many of you have seen it, but Sanctum Raw is really coming together and really pulling together as a, as a unit. And it's kind of really making a kind of a homely feel for many of us. So first off, let me get started with a few of the notes over here. So I guess one of the big topics that we want to cover today is the situation on Sanctum Raw and Guild Wars 2. Um, as many of you guys know, a lot of the guilds on Sanctum Raw who were considered the elite World View World teams have decided to uh, call it quits for Sanctum Raw and decided to move to other servers. Um, what we are left with is pretty much the groups that um, were here originally. And um, we still have EG and GSEH and um, Loon still around. A lot of those guilds are still around. Um, we have a lot of fun events planned, um, and a lot of people are really pulling together and kind of giving a whole new life to our community. Um, you know, Angel's been running a lot of ABA events. We're going to be doing some ABA or uh, World v. World events, and uh, Angel's going to be doing some World v. World trainings along with Chrissy. Um, so if you're a first timer or, or maybe you got burned the first time that you tried to do World v. World and it just seemed too hostile of an environment for you, definitely give it another shot. Um, Angel's going to be out there, I believe, every other Monday. Um, Chrissy's also scheduling an event. I'm not sure what day she's going to run. But um, it, it'd be a good introduction to World v. World and, you know, get your feet set. Um, for anyone that's interested, uh, SanctumRaw.com has a wealth of information about our server and the things going on there. Um, we do have the Great Kieran Adventure um, almost in our third chap the third chapter of the season. This week it actually marks our final week for the second chapter, so we'll be giving away the precursor and the two other misforged items. We do have a really cool announcement coming out um, next Thursday about one prize that we weren't sure we were going to be able to pull up. We're kind of on the fence about it. But it is by far probably the biggest, baddest thing that Goshki has ever given away in a game before. So um, big kudos to Angel for his, his hard work pulling that together for us and, and helping us. Big kudos to Don who pulled the other part of the, the item together. And then big kudos to the whole Goshki family for pulling together. I mean, just buckets and buckets of resources to be able to make this happen. Um, over the course of the past month and a half, we've collected... I think it was 56,000 items um, from Goshkia members to help put all the stuff together. So a uh, huge thank you to everyone who's contributed to that. Um, we couldn't have done it without you guys, and I, I'm certain that Season 3 is probably going to be the biggest, baddest, um, most well-respected event that we've run to date. So congratulations to you all. Thanks, Bob. It's also one of the only public community events that we've run that has increased population week after week after week consistently. Uh, it has definitely gone from just being a small little event to something that is, um, we're, we're now hitting over 300 people every week consistently. Um, we had 319 last week. So, uh, yeah, it's turning into quite the little event. So the next little piece that I wanted to go over is Guild Wars 2 come April. What's What are the changes going to be? I know a lot of you guys um, are kind of worried about it. You're, you're really thinking, you know, well, I remember Rift, and you guys all just left on Rift. Um, you know, what's different here? The big difference here is that our Sanctum of Role and our Guild Wars 2 chapter is a dedication to a man that changed a lot of our lives. Uh, Roger is not somebody that we're easily going to forget. It's not somebody that we're going to walk away from his memory. 
Roger was a huge part of this family, and anyone that came in contact with him is a better person today because of him. Uh, I myself was changed because I was in his life. Uh, he was a huge role model to me, huge father figure to me, and um, I'm not going to let his memory go by the wayside. So we're going to continue driving that Guild Wars 2 uh, Sanctum Raw chapter until they close Sanctum Raw. At that point, we'll bow out, but... Um, I plan on holding events there, even up through 2015, 2016. As long as that server is there, I'll be holding some events there. So um, we do have elders in place: Ryuka, uh, Final Fab, Prissy, Izzy, myself, and Spartan will all be frequenting there. Um, so you'll be able to see us around. We'll be doing the invites as usual. We are um, taking off the two other um, kind of base rooms that we've had. We've managed to get the rotation down in Gashkinoral so that we don't really need the other two. Um, most of the time, they're more of a distraction than anything. So we're rotating everybody through Gashkinoral now based on their activity and, and when the last time they logged in on the website was. Um, pretty much, if you want to keep your membership into Gashkinoral, all you need to do is visit the website, make sure to click the check-in button when it, when it turns on. Um, and claim participation in events, use the marketplace, do stuff like that. We're going to resume full support of everything Guild Wars 2 related until they close things for roll. So um, that's good news for you guys that are staying behind to, to do Guild Wars 2. I mean, my mom is going to be doing Guild Wars 2. Uh, my daughter plays Guild Wars 2. My wife plays Guild Wars 2. None of them are really going to ESO, so I will be continuously playing in there with them as well. So, you know, it, it's not going to go okay. anywhere. It's going to be our free-to-play division. So I'm going to open up the channel. If anyone has any questions about Guild Wars 2, please feel free to ask. Um, I really wanted to take a moment to, to let everyone have a chance to, you know, if they have a question, let us know. Um, I don't have a question, but I would like to say something. Go for it. Uh, as well as some of the elders um, sticking around, I just want to let those um, of you who are not going to be moving on uh, to ESO know that I will still be here on uh, Guild Wars. I will still be leading events. Um, I'll still be doing my random breakout groups uh, when I am on, so just... Don't feel like you're being abandoned by everybody, especially your leaders, because a lot of us are still going to be here. Uh, a lot of us are still going to be active. Uh, World v. World is uh, starting to get more and more fun, actually, on Guild Wars. So I, I don't think that I will be leaving that battlefield for quite a while either. I can so. vouch for it that it was one fun time this, today. So, um, yeah, definitely don't feel like you guys are being abandoned, because we're not going anywhere. Uh, Thank you, Angel. And my, and, and my basic training event will be t uh, Sunday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Um, and it is basically a basic training. Um, I don't know all the fancy stuff, but I can show you how to move around a map and port and where everything is and how to fight and stuff. And we can work on learning the other stuff, too, because I do need to learn it. So my event will be from 6 to 9, 6 to 8 tomorrow night. Um, we're going to be in... Whatever borderland it is that has uh, hills next to our spawn point, it's in the southeast corner, and I'll let you know tomorrow. Dragonbrand? Yeah, I, I don't remember the name of the, the group we're fighting, so yeah. Yeah, it's it's Dragonbrand. It was fun. We uh, They actually waypointed hills and garrison, and today we golem rushed them and uh, papered out the borderland. And yes, Thoi, uh, we are planning on, on doing some form of guild missions pretty regularly, um, even after ESO launches. Most likely, the Great Turn Adventure is going to be a Thursday night event, and we will most likely rotate it from guild missions to dragons to worldly world, um, depending on what you want to do. Um, if missions continues to draw the kind of crowd that is drawing, we will continue doing that. I don't know that we're going to do the four missions a week. Um, this has turned out to be quite a little ordeal, just because we don't know who's going to have, you know, get called in to work when, and um, I pretty much had to take Mondays off for like the entire duration of the season, just so I can cover if I need to. So, 
um, it, it's been quite a, an ordeal, but we really wanted to, you know, before everyone decides to go play whatever game they're going to play, you got Wildstar coming out, you got that coming out, you got other things coming out, and we really wanted to kind of give our thanks to the people that called Zinc and were all home and stuck with us through thick and thin. Um, so, so we really went all out for this season to try to drive that home to everyone. Um, but, you know, we, I do plan on having a season four. It'll probably not be as extravagant as season three has been. But I want to also start incorporating Worldly World into it now that we have Borderlands that we can fill. So um, before it was always Q Wars, and now we don't have Qs to worry about. So it, it'd be nice to bring Qs to the battlefield again and, and split off into multiple groups and take multiple battlefields all at the same time. So I'm thinking that we'll probably incorporate that into the Season 4. Are there any other questions before I continue? Alright, so moving right along, we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about Elder Scrolls Online and what we have planned there. Um, right at this moment, we have close to 1,500 people saying that they want to play ESO. Um, the way that we're going to be doing this is we're going to be dividing into four main rooms. Um, up on the website, you can actually select which room you want to go into if you have family members that want to play with you or friends that you want to play with. Um, you can go into your edit profile and set your main room um, or core room as they're referred to. Um, the, the big thing here is that you don't have to do this. This is just if you have people that you want to play with. Um, the system is designed to load balance people across all four rooms, and that way we end up with 375 people in each room and have room to grow in all four rooms. Um, the key here is that we mix the people who have been here before and have experienced the Gashi way, experienced the way that we do things. We mix them into the people that are brand new and the people that may be joining after we launch. Um, there's been no shortage of people flooding to our family for this. Um, so it's, I think we've, we've increased by about 800 people since, uh, Puka's video went viral. So yeah, it's, it's been quite a push. Um, we're going to probably be about 25%, um, original members and 75% new members. So there, that means that we're going to have a lot of growing pains. We're going to have a lot of people that don't know how Goshke is, does don't know how we roll, what we're about, what we do. Uh, for those of you joining us, Agashka has been and always will be a guild that is inclusive to the entire server community, to the entire player base that's in our market. Uh, we don't do events that are just Agashka events. We do events that are server events. We, we welcome uh, non-Agashka members into our events, um, whether it's ABA or a dungeon or you know just exploring the world. We try to help everybody. Now, we are kind of a caretaker of whatever server we call home. We look out for the little guy. We help people with their quests, help people um, with questions. We go out of our way to, to put our best foot forward and show people the world. So um, that's kind of who we are and what we do. Um, not a lot of people can, you know, get on board with that, and that's okay. You know, as I say to everybody, we are not the guild for all. We're the family for many. Um, that's really up to each individual person. And it's up to them to decide whether or not they want to get on board with what we do, or if they want to move along and go find some somewhere that makes them happy. I mean, it's really at the end of the day, it's what's on your face at the, at the end of the day that matters. It's not the, the tag above your head. So, um, regardless of if you're Goshi or not, we're going to take care of you. We're going to look out for you. If you need something, we'll help you. So, um, don't feel that you have to be a member to you know be a part of the family. So. So pretty much right now we are planning for worst case scenario, and that's that there isn't a alliance with custom chat system in play. Um, now that the NDA is lifted, I can tell you that Goshkia officially broke the alliance system. Congratulations, Goshkia! Woohoo! Round of applause. Woo! Yes, we uh, they had an alliance system in game, and uh, then we had our team of pioneers go into game and uh, test it. And uh, what we found is that it was reporting too much information. And as soon as we changed zones, kaboom, there it went. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, the entire server dropped. So, yeah, they had to turn it off uh, while they fixed it. And I've been working with uh, ZeniMax to come up with another idea for kind of an alliance system, per se. And uh, that should be hopefully deployed before it goes live. But if it's not, then... Uh, 
what we're going to be doing, we're going to have an activity room, which is going to just be Goshkia. Um, for those of you that play Guild Wars 2, you know it as Goshkia and Roll. And it's essentially a room that has a very short uh, activity window. It's going to be a seven-day window. So, um, you know, if you're not playing within, or if you're not logging into the website and checking in every seven days, it's going to add you to the to be a remove list. Whoever's been away from the site the longest gets removed first whenever somebody else gets invited. This is our way of getting 1,500 people to fit into a 500-person room. We have to use these timers, and it's pretty much like a revolving door. One person goes in, one person goes out. One person goes in, one person goes out. And then if you come back and you say, oh, wow, I got removed, you click the button on the website, and bam, you're back in line, you're getting back in. Um, so it's just like the revolving door. Um, if you get removed, don't sweat it. It's not a big deal. You just go to the website, click the button, and you're coming back in. doesn't do anything to your account. doesn't mean you're not a member. You're still a member of the family. Still all good. There's not, nothing there. It's just our, the only way that we can manage it so that everyone can get in that room and the people who are playing today are in that room today. Um, that's kind of the key. And if, you know, if you're going away for a while, you can always drop that room and then just request a re-invite when you come back. Um, and that will help us keep the most active people today into that guild today. Um, for the main rooms of the house, the core rooms, you will be expected to visit the website within 45 days. Um, at day 30, you will get a, a little thing pop up on the website saying, hey, are you still playing? But yes, um, if you claim participation regularly or if you use Marketplace or if you click the check-in when it appears, it will automatically renew and you won't ever see that. Um, for those of you that don't do that, you'll get an email notification saying, hey, you have 15 days to click this link or you're going to be on the to be a remove list. Same situation, revolving door. You go out, you know, one person comes in, one person goes out. Same thing with the core room, same thing with the activity rooms. It's no big deal. You just go to the website, say, you know, request reinvite, bam, you're back in. Um, so that's how that all works. Eldership-wise, um, we do have 20 elders who are pretty much, I just trained them today to be able to hand the, handle the invites. Please realize that day one, pre-head pre start, all the way that first week, we are going to be inviting 1,500 people by hand. There is no automatic invite process here. There's no cool script that talks to the system and says, hey, invite all these people. There's no Excel spreadsheet that says, hey, do all this. No, this is... Izzy, Prissy, myself, the other elders, standing there copying and pasting name by name into the into the guild system. Occasionally the guild system will break and we'll have to restart our game completely. That's the way it's going to roll. Um, so for the first few days, elders will be doing nothing except copying and pasting a thousand times. So <laughs> please be patient with us. Realize that your invite will be there as soon as it, we can possibly get it there. Um, it, it is always a challenge in the beginning, and uh, we will have a help desk set up inside Red Call. Um, at the very top, there will be a channel that says ESO Help Desk. One of our elders will be manning it at all times, hopefully. The wee hours of the morning, we might not have coverage, but we will try, do our very best to try to have everything there. We're also going to be building up a FAQ on the forums of questions that are asked in that, that room and answers that we provide, so that you guys can check there if you might have it, the same question. So um, we'll do our best to, to keep things running smoothly. Um, to get an invite to the ESO chapter, just like we did with uh, Guild Wars 2, you're going to have to input your ESO ID into your profile. Um, these will be available as soon as you log into the live client. You'll press the letter O. It'll open up your social window. Up at the top, you'll see user ID, colon. Whatever's in there, you need, including the app symbol, you need to basically put into the website. Once you do that, you'll show up in the invite list, and then we can send you an invite. To accept your invite, all you got to do is press N, click accept, and bam, you're in the guild. Good to go. And when that comes into play, we won't really have to use an active room. I will have a way that we can all just join that chat channel, and we can just use that as our main chat, and we won't ever have to worry about guild chat ever again. Uh, then we can make use of all five rooms if we need them, um, which will allow us to grow to up to 2,400 people. So, um, which that might seem extravagant um, to some. It might seem like no way would you ever hit that. I can tell you right now that in Rift, we broke the guild system with 5,600 members. So, um, yes, we could hit that. Um, <laughs> we've done it before. We can do it again. So I, I think it's really... Um, 
it's really important to, to realize that there's a lot going on behind the scenes and we're going to do our very best to make sure that everything is streamlined and uh, manageable. If all goes well, you won't know anything's going on. So, so Jasmine asked, if, what if you never got the live client? Um, this is for when you buy the game, you'll have the live client. You'll be logging into the game. When you log into the game, you'll be able to get your ESO ID. If you don't, if you can't log into the real game, then you won't have an ESO ID. You won't need an invite into ESO because you won't be there. So um, that's pretty much what I'm referring to is the actual program you get after you buy the game and install it. If if we're in the Pioneer program, do we have to do all that again? Yes, the Pioneer program is going to be completely scrubbed, obliterated from the face of the world. Um, that the Pioneer program is a whole separate system, not included in the system for the live client. Um, the live thing will not connect to that at all. From what I hear, they don't even live at the same server farm. Um, now, I have a question that may be a little too ahead of what, where we're talking right now, but as far as Guild Bank and what Guild Bank storage and things are going to be used for, I was just curious on the ESO side. For ESO, it's going to run a lot like Guild Wars 2. It's going to be a community pool. If you drop something in the Guild Bank, you're not going to get credit for it. You're not going to get any kind of points for it. You're basically just tossing it in there for your fellow family members to grab and use as needed. Um, it, it's going to be free reign. Um, the Guild Store is our way of selling goods to the outside world. Um, when, whenever we take a keep, which we as Goshia are going to try to hold a keep in all the surrounding objectives around it with each of the, the houses. Um, we most likely eventually will start taking four keeps and having four keeps with our names on it. Um, and when we do that, anyone that visits those keeps will be able to use our store and see our store and buy stuff from our store. So um, it, it's a good way to sell stuff to the, to the community. So um, yeah, we'll be using that. That'll be on your own basis. Um, if you list something in there, it's for your own benefit, not for the family's benefit. So you won't be awarded any points there. If you want to earn points for crafting or giving items, that is all done through the marketplace. Um, on Monday, we will be having a meeting for the um, ESO team to start putting data models together for the, the crafting system and all that stuff. So um, that's pretty much all going to be hopefully laid out before we even hit the live servers. But we'll see. Pretty much we've got to get the foundation, and then you can enter in recipes as we go. Um, we try not to steal them directly off other websites because we never know how old that data is and recipes oftentimes change. So um, that's pretty much how that's going to work. Any other questions for, so far? When the ESO uh, goes live, uh, is the Pioneer program scrubbed or is it continued or what's going on? That's to be seen. Um, with Guild Wars okay. 2, they actually continued it. Um, and it's still technically running today. Not many of our former pioneers are still there working with it. I think we have maybe six, seven of us that still do it. But um, for the most part, it may continue running if they want us to keep going. Um, a lot of the stuff that we've been doing is experimental stuff, stuff that the beta's never seen, uh, mainly because they wanted to try it out on us, see how we reacted to it, and then if it sucks, then they aren't going to put it in the beta. So it's pretty much how that's been rolling. Now, for the people that wanted to get in and got in Wave 2, Wave 3, I don't know if you're going to get invites. Um, I've done everything in my power to try to get those invites, but between the weather and servers crashing and all hell breaking loose, they haven't gotten around to sending those invites yet, so I don't I don't think at this point you're going to get in. Um, next time that I say to you, respond to something on in mails or on the website, do it right away. Don't wait. Um, every, every single one of the people that responded right away to that message that I sent got in. So, um, I don't bluff. I don't make stuff up. Um, if I say that we're going to do something and I need people to do something, if I come to you and say, I have this really neat project, but I can't tell you what it is, you definitely want to sign that. You definitely want to sign that. Trust me on this. <laughs> a lot of times they'll give me an NDA and they won't let me tell people what I'm recruiting for. I'm just recruiting for something. And that usually means that I'm recruiting for something that nobody's going to see for over a year. So <laughs> it's... Uh, it's, it's a really fun opportunity, and it's something that you, you really kind of should jump on board with. If you want to help test, if you want to help shape our family, 
that's the things that you need to do is get get involved in that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we, we've had a ton of testers helping shape this game. A lot of our members have, have pretty much bled ESO for months. Um, a lot of us have been involved for almost a year now. So it, it's it's been a lot of fun and it's been a very educational thing. Um, I'm sure that everyone who's who's been there has learned a lot. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really great. Any other questions? Okay, so the last thing I wanted to introduce you to is kind of the the idea that I... I'm sorry, I had a question before you did that. Go ahead. Um, what is our plan as far as AVA is concerned with launch, as far as joining campaign campaigns? Okay, that's a good question. Um, pretty much what I want to do is wait for the initial rush to hit AVA. Um, I want to see where the campaigns flesh out, because last thing I want to do is get us into a full campaign and have most of our members stuck outside of the queue. Um, I want to find the most empty campaign possible and pick that one for our Evan Hart faction. Um, for the Aldermary and the Daggerfall, I'm going to be heavily relying on the movements of other guilds. Um, Alkalades is going to be playing Aldermary, and wherever they go for their campaign, I will likely stick us. And then uh, a former member of ours, Vampire's Vane, is planning on doing Daggerfall. And wherever his group goes, I plan on uh, throwing us. So that you guys will be able to play with, you know, two groups that I know are stand-up people and exceptional at what they do. Um, that way you guys have some fun people to play with. Uh, for Agashia, we're going to pretty much target the MPS place possible, just because with 1,500 people, we can build up and up on our own. We don't, um, I, I really don't want to, to take us and, and throw us into a battlefield that's already full cool and then not have anyone able to play. That's what really killed us in Guild Wars 2, is those cues. So... Um, that's pretty much the game plan. Um, I'd like to wait a week, but most likely it's probably going to wait until about launch. And the other thing about ABA is I, I really don't, I can't trust this enough, is that we don't want Goshi members of other factions, so all the Mary or Daggerfall, uh, joining the same campaign as our family's main campaign. Um, we need them to join one of the other campaigns. If you want to go off on your own and do your own thing, that's great. But we cannot allow people inside of our family fighting our family. Um, the biggest thing with that is the whole spying idea. Um, we, we've already seen it full-fledged in what it can do, and if it happens in our own community, it literally will fragment us. We cannot allow it. It's absolutely critical. Anyone that is caught doing so will be removed just so that we don't have us explode at the seams. Um, we've had it in the past with Guild Wars 2. During testing, in fact, uh, somebody accused another player of being a spy, and it blew our family apart. <laughs> so it, it's not something that we ever want to have happen. It, it's very much something that can fracture the family, um, and we need to avoid it at all costs. And all I'm asking is that, you know, if we say that we're going to the, you know, red... Um, Evan Hart campaign, then that's where we're going for just Evan Hart. Anyone else playing any of the other factions can go to any other thousand or so campaigns out there. They don't have to go to the one that we're in. Any other questions on that note? Alright, so... Time for a bit of storytelling. The the reason that we have these really strange names for the Goshia rooms, for the core rooms, is because I thought it'd be really fun to kind of tell the story um, of the Goshia and pretty much give a little history background based on each one and allow you guys to do a little um, you know role play if you wanted to off of that story. So pretty much what we have is Goshia Nagorius, which um, Gorius was the island that um, Lou came from, and he had the Spear of Lou with him, which is a kind of a legendary spear that he could throw and yell Ibar, and the spear would basically fly through the air, hit whatever target he, he called, and he would yell Athabar, and it would return to him. 
Um, they also added a druid named Eris, um, who was Master of Wisdom. Um, so basically on the site you can actually read the full little stories, and I may elaborate on a bit more. But pretty much what happened in Celtic folklore was there was the Tuatha Dé Danann who lived on these four islands. They all had, each island had its own uh, druid that basically oversaw everything there, and they also had their own little king. Um, along with that, they also had a relic, which, coolly enough, um, are, are still lingering around today and still sought after by archaeologists. Um, you know, even Adolf Hitler was trying to collect all four of these. So it's, uh, it's kind of neat when you see that, you know, the, the kind of the fiction mixed with uh, history. Um, and, you know, um, Phineas, you had the Sword of Nuada with the, the High King um, Nuada of the Tuatha Dé Danann. Um, they also um, had Olseus, I think is his name, who was the, the master of sovereignty and war. Um, the the sword was known for it being able to, when it was drawn from its sheath, it was a burning torch. And um, basically it, it like glowed like fire. And it, it just touching somebody with it, like even if it just tapped you on the, the arm, it would literally be a mortal wound and kill you. Um, so that was kind of one of the, the cool things. Then you had Phalius, who was uh, governed by Ogum, who was actually the person that invented the Ogum language, uh, which is a bunch of lines and dots. Um, you've probably seen it on some runestones and whatnot, but that's where that came from. And he was a protector of the Lea Fall, which was a coronation stone, um, which basically was the stone that any king stood under, and it would shout out for them. And that would basically be the, the nature's way of saying that they were the king of the, the nation. So um, it was uh, governed by a druid, uh, Morfessa, who was um, the master of art and poetry. Last was Gashkin Morius, which was the, the island of Morius, ruled by Daga and his cauldron. His cauldron was said to basically fulfill any mortal desire. So if you wanted money, you would find money. If you wanted uh, fame, you'd find fame. If you wanted food, you'd find food. Uh, no man ever walked away unsatisfied. However, it was also known that if it was in the hands of a mortal, the cauldron would provide nothing but death, famine, and sorrow. Um, so this island was ruled over by Simeus, um, who was master of health and harvest. Now the cool thing is, is that the Gashkia and the Tuatha basically, what happened was they were basically prophesied that these islands were in store for a terrible disaster and that everyone would be obliterated if they stayed. So they basically boarded ships and sailed uh, to the southeast and landed on the shores of Connacht, Ireland. And um, when they got there, they burned their ships so that they could never return. And supposedly, from an archaeological perspective, that was about the same time that the asteroid hit into the Atlantic and sank those islands. Um, so, you know, who knows? It could have been foreshadowing or whatnot. But when they got there, that's when they met the Fearbold, and they created the Goshki to basically be their protectors. Um, so I thought it would be a lot of fun for this ish, this turn of events into ESO, being we're going to be going with four guilds or four rooms. Anyways, we might as well have some fun with it and kind of spread the lore about the Gashi a little bit more. So, um, I really thought that this would be a lot of fun. So, there you have it. So, any final questions, comments, concerns, questions? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Um, I know that you said you wouldn't be creating a guild in the beta or anything, but has any of the elders uh, created one that can get us together in the beta? No. Um, pretty much I'm the only one that will create Goshkia rooms, and um, that's mainly so that we can protect our brand. Um, we have to be very cautious of our name because our name is what gets us um, into the opportunities like we had with the Pioneer teams. Um, those don't come if we have a taken name. So we, we basically have to have people that are there to police in there to watch and control our reputation if we're going to have our name there. And being pretty much all of our elders are already part of the Pioneer team, um, we have to keep eyes over there, um, which is why we have been doing the betas. Fog, you've got a couple questions in raid call. One person wants to know what, what we mean by rooms, and another person wants to know what are the furbold. Okay, one at a time. The rooms, pretty much the each guild in Elder Scrolls Online holds 500 people, 200 of which um, will be elders. 
uh, we need a 10-person leeway from there to allow the invites to accept. So when I send you an invite, there's a period of time before you accept. Um, if you cap out a guild, it clears out all the invites pending. So what we have to do is keep that 10-person window open at all times. A room is basically the Gashkina Morius, Gashkina Phalias, uh, Gashkina uh, Phineas, and Gashkina Morius. Those are the four core rooms. Um, members will be distributed through them evenly. Um, you can also set it um, on the website which room you want to be a part of. So like if you have a wife that plays with you, or a husband that plays with you, grandpa that plays with you, a dog that plays with you, you guys can both set your uh, room to the same room so that you're, you're joined up together. Um, and that allows families to play together. Did that answer your question pretty good? I'm not seeing any comments in recall, so I guess so. See, look, your dog already wants to join. I knew it. <laughs> so the question about the Fearbolg. The Fearbolg were a race of, they were pretty much slaves. Um, they were from Greece originally, and they um, mutinied on the ship that was transporting them. They threw their captors overboard and crashed their ship into Ireland. Um, that's where they first made landfall. Um, and they basically started colonizing um, Ireland by themselves, just them. Um, there was also the Fomorians who later appeared in a crystal tower off in the, the far east. Um, but that comes way later. Um, but they were the first contact with Gashia, and that was um, the Battle of Moiterna was pretty much the where the Gashia really came to be known. And, you know, the Gashia had weapons that were just far superior. I mean, they were, they were, they didn't have copper where they came from, so their weapons were like, you know, uh, Iron Age, whereas everyone else was still in Bronze Age. So when they swung their sword, it shattered the copper weapons. So it, it was kind of a, that's how the Fear Bulls saw them as gods. They, they literally like, oh my god, my, my weapons just break when they swing their weapons. There's nothing I can do to, you know, save myself. So, um, but the Gashkia basically in this fight, you know, we're like, Phew. you know, we're not even going to fight you guys. We, we shouldn't be fighting you. You know, you don't have to do this. You know, we can divide up Ireland and call it good. And the Fearable were afraid of being enslaved again. So they were like, no, if we give them an inch, they're going to take everything. So we're going to fight them anyways. So they fought the first time and lost. They, you know, Breeze, uh, the uh, kind of the commander of the. Of the two off the day at the time met with uh, Shrang, who was the leader of the Fearbold, or the High Warlord of the Fearbold, and they discussed it again. And he said, "Look, we can split the territory and call it good. We don't need more bloodshed." And again, they refused. So they went to battle again, and the Gashia won again. Um, at the end, um, you know, there was you know, I think 300 warriors left of the Fearbold people, and they were expecting to be executed or enslaved. And the Gashia turned around and gave them a fifth of the land of their choosing, wherever they want, to call home. And later on, when the Fomorians tried to overrun the Fearbold, the Gashia came and overran the Fomorian. Um, and basically said, get off my lawn. Uh, so it's it was always kind of a, a story, you know, that um, I really like because it kind of shows that, you know, just because you can't beat somebody doesn't mean you should. And... Um, Sometimes it's better to put your best foot forward, you know, and, and look out for the other guy, even though they don't want you to. Thank you. Okay, so when does ESO go live? Um, the 31st for the Head Start and the 4th for live. Another question in regards to crafters, when they'll be able to add things to the website, and what would the requirements be to do so? Pretty much, I believe, Lord Gear Rank and Higher can add stuff to the website. Um, I'm going to have to get all the core materials, the base materials, or raw materials, as we refer to them, into the system first and get them priced out. At that point, we can start combining stuff and can start adding stuff. Um, then they'll go through an approval process where we verify what you've entered and uh, approve it from there. Um, that may not be done with at launch. Um, I'm going to try to get it in there by launch, but I've got a lot of other stuff that's really critical to our success here that needs to be done first. So it might be a month after when it finally goes up.
Thank you. No problem. Yulon got here a little bit late and wants to know exactly what our relationship is going to be with Guild Wars 2 once ESO launches. I can tell you, Yulon, that Guild Wars 2 is a very sacred place for Joshua. It is a memory of a member of our family who changed a lot of our lives. Um, we won't leave it just for the sheer fact that that place is named after him and it's the only living example of what we have to say for him. Um, we try to make our attitudes on, on St. overall that which Roger would be proud of. Um, we are basically a living memory of him. So we're going to stay there. We're going to keep doing it. Um, I can't make promises and say that, you know, population isn't going to take a hit because it's going to take a hit. Whether we go to ESO or not, it's going to take a hit. ESO is by far probably one of the most sought after games in the history of gaming. Um, if you look at Skyrim, Skyrim dropped a population by about 40% when it was released. Um, 10 million people bought that game in the first month. Um, so whether we like it or not, we're, Guild Wars 2 is going to take a hit because of it. Um, a lot of the players that came to Guild Wars 2 came here because they wanted uh, DOC 2. Well, now ESO gives them DOC 2, so they have no reason really to stay. Um, so we're going to see a lot of players leaving Guild Wars 2 or ESO, and there's nothing really that I can do, you can do, or anyone can do to avoid that. That's just inevitable. Um, what I can tell you is that we're going to continue housing events. We're going to continue running the website due to um, help run uh, Builders 2 effectively. We're going to continue supporting the Sanctum of Roll any way that we can. Uh, we're not giving up on it. We're not going to close shop until they take away Sanctum of Roll. When they close Sanctum of Roll finally, that's when Gashio will leave. Are we going to try to keep uh, multiple, uh, like in the AVA area for trade and stuff like that, keep multiple guilds, uh, guild cities, I guess, or guild castles, I guess? Yes. When, once we get into AVA, I pretty much wanted to, you know, talk with Puka for one and figure out, you know, each week basically pick another keep or set of keeps and basically have our stomping ground around those two keeps. Basically keep all the control points, keep everything around those R's. Uh, basically, stay local, keep, uh, check out all the little caves around, check all the little things, find the ambush points, basically learn the terrain around those keeps. Um, the best thing that we can do right now from the get-go is to learn the terrain. Um, if you can learn the terrain, we can set up ambush points, we can find the, the common travel paths, we can really do some quick destruction to people. Um, and, and it's going to take us learning every single square inch of the map around those those castles. So... Um, for the first little while, I, I think we're going to be, you know, doing more defense and offense. Um, I might take some groups over into the far side and go explore some areas over there and start pathing out some things. Um, once we get situated and everything starts running smoothly, then I plan on doing some large, larger scales of assaults and uh, really cutting off supply lines, practicing things like that, uh, doing some havoc stuff. Yeah, what's going to be really important, especially for coverage and maintaining these keeps, is going to be educating people on how, you know, five of them can hold off 50 because it's very easy to do and it can be done. I shouldn't say very easy. It can be done. Uh, and that's what's going to happen when, you know, it's 3 a.m. East Coast. The people that are on are going to need to be able to know how to do that in order to maintain these keeps when a large portion of our time base is not going to be present. And I, I can't tell you that these maps are huge. I mean, it, if you're running on foot, it's going to take you close to an hour to get from one side to the other. So, you know, if you can cut off those supply lines and not let them just port straight to the opposite side of the map, it slows them down a whole lot, and you can take a lot of stuff really quick. Any other questions? Red calls clear right now. What was that? Um, oh, sorry. Can ahead, you make question? launch sooner? <laughs> sorry, that is not in my powers to do so. And quite honestly, I'm not ready the big yet. Pre-order the big pack. You get it five days sooner.
I've already got my pre-order in. Not ready for it to be sooner. No. Yeah, we. I'm still coding like mad right now to try to get everything ready. Um, until they lifted the NDA, there was a lot of stuff I couldn't do because I couldn't leak the information. So um, I just have to figure out how to code everything in this next month, which is going to be a lot of work, especially with me working on other stuff too. So. Yeah, Yulon, we will still be running uh, events for the family and the SOR community as it is at the moment. And our goal is to keep the Tyrion adventure still going, or at least guild missions still going, correct, Fog? Yeah, I would like to kind of balance the guild missions with World Be World and get some people out there and show them a good time in World Be World as well. One thing everybody's going to have to remember is the first two weeks of the launch of ESO is going to be crazy for for the elders. Okay, let's. Uh, it, it's going and we're going to be juggling two games. So what we're going to ask, and I'm going to ask now, and to spread it because when we launched into Guild Wars 2, everybody was on us like a new pair of pants about this and that. Is to please give us time to get the other game set up and and you know get things running and then we can divide our times but the first two weeks are going to be total chaos and this is my fourth game launching with Gashkia. no matter how well we plan no matter what happens something's going to go wrong at least five times if not more so what i'm asking for is everybody's patience we're not going to go anywhere we're still going to be here but the first two weeks we might be kind of scarce so um we're on raid call. You should be able to find us if you need us or something. But yeah, we might be kind of scarce the first two weeks. When I, when I, when I started playing my first MMO, which was Guild Wars 1, I was scared to death. And then I, and then I got used to it after like a week and a half. Well, I had a question, Fox. Go ahead. Um, I know as it stands right now, uh, in order to post something up as a uh, as an event and for people to post participation and whatnot, there has to be four um, guildmates or Tuatha members, but with the ESO system being uh, only four people to a group, uh, is that going to lower to three or...? It's getting really under the, the bar of... Uh because really the, the whole system was designed to make sure that you include um, other family and what you're doing. Because we don't want people just listening to everything that they do solo. I mean, or with a friend. No, I completely um, so understand. I would say still uh, keep it at four. Okay. I, I was just, just going to ask before I, you know, try doing it with, you know, two other people and getting a pug or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, eventually I may drop it to three, but it, it's really going to depend on, you know, where things lie and what what requires what people right completely understand just wondering so ben in that aspect can are you able to with the way you have the site coded have things that can only be done with one party set for you and three other people right now it's specified that every objective in the system is designed for a group um, then after you lead a certain amount of group objectives, you unlock a raid objective, which is multiple groups. And then after you unlock a certain amount of raid objectives, you unlock, unlock kind of a campaign objective, which is multiple raid groups. Um, that's pretty much how I group all objectives in the game. So it starts off small and works the way big. There should never, ever, ever be an objective in the system that is basically a solo objective. Oh yeah, I'm I'm talking like single party dungeons in ESO where you physically can't have five people. Right, those you would have four. So, four so people's requirement. It's still, yeah, it's still under the requirement. Um, yeah, it's four including yourself, so you, you and three other people. And then it'll all be done through the Adventure Manager. And I'm actually working on making the Leadership Console a whole lot easier. I'm hoping it's done by the time that we launch. 
Unfortunately, Jasmine, with the way that we're set up, we're elder-wise, we won't be able to run a trading guild at all. Uh, we will have five guilds. Five guilds is the limit, um, and all of our elders will gain all of them. So, um, if you guys want to join a trading guild, you're welcome to. All I ask is that you don't take stuff out of our guild storage and use it to sell and gain personal gain. Anyone else? Alright then, then this will conclude our uh, March edition of Gashiga Family Summit, the best. Uh, thank you for all joining us. As always, you can check us out at gashiga.com, G-A-I-S-C-I-O-C-H.com. Um, I'm your host, Benjamin Foley, and I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to write me an email at B-F-O-L-E-Y uh, at gashiga.com. Love to hear from you. Talk to you later.